In this week's episode of Story Inter, we'll be discussing the match against Torino, we'll be previewing the Atalanta game, this week's Moji, Moratti and Frog, and much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter, only on sempreinter.com. Attenzione, Ronaldo salta anche Marchegiani e mette dentro 3-0. Andiamo il principe, entra in aria, è solo, è tiro, è gol, è gol, è gol, è gol, è gol. Torna Ronaldo a battere questo calcio di punizione molto lungo per Zamorano che gira bene al centro, attenzione, il destro, violentissimo, è lo spettacolare gol da parte di Zanetti. La prima squadra che vince qua è la nostra Inter, l'Inter vince, e Dillo, campione d'Europa, campione d'Europa, campione d'Europa, campione d'Europa, campione d'Europa, i più forti siamo noi. Benvenuti, bentornati to another edition of Studio Inter. I'm your host, Nima Tavello Iruzzari, welcoming you back to uh, a new episode of, uh, of the pod where we're supposed to have one last week, but the gods, uh, the internet gods and the Skype gods did not want to work with us, so we had to cancel, but we're back now. Uh, and joining us for the first time in a long time is the Inter blogger from ESPN. He's a sports commentator uh, and he's also uh, part of the Calcio Mercato uh, uh, reporters, uh, reporting staff in English. Welcome to the show, Mr. Eduardo Dalmonte. How's it going, man? Thanks for having me. And yeah, it's great to be back. Uh, yeah. yeah, busy times, <laughs> difficult times for <laughs> difficult us Italians t- yeah. or Italianophiles. Yeah, it's Italophiles. For reasons we all know why. We all know why. Um, right, uh, as we're recording this, I want to say to all the listeners that it's uh, about an hour or 15 minutes before Italy plays Sweden, so that's why uh, we're, we don't really know the result of that game. Uh, we'll probably discuss that more next week, uh, more next week, in next episode. And uh, we're also joined by the happiest man in Dubai, Mr. Mohamed Nasser. Hey guys, what's up? <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Uh, normally, as a calciophile as well, I'd be a bit a bit worried and uh, you know down in the dumps over the over the performance of the um, of the Azzurri. But Egypt qualified for the World Cup with a game to spare, so nothing yeah. can bring me down. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. I, I remember yes. that. I was I was watching. I was awake at night uh, watching the game. Or actually, yeah, it was. I was like watching on on like the social media tweet. If I, like yeah. uh, feeds and it was it was emotional it moved me like a lot of that stuff moved me like it was it was amazing to see yeah it for was... the first time in a long time i don't need to adopt like a footballing nation in the world cup i'll actually be supporting my country you know it's, it's mm. quite nice yeah and we're us iranians are really happy as well as the most popular man uh, in iran uh, carlos kairosh took iran to their second world cup <laughs> in a row uh he's that that guy is so popular and uh, I, I, <laughs> I just want to, I mean, he could be, uh, I mean, honest to God, if they let him, he'd be elected president. <laughs> like, that's how popular he is in Iran, uh, Carlos Queiroz. Uh, and also, uh, I want to give a shout out to the guys who'd run the pod Golbazan. They did an interview with uh, uh, Carlos Queiroz. So if anyone's interested, I'd say check that out. It's a really, he's a, he's a really cool cat, uh, uh, Queiroz. He, he, he's really chilled out and he's, he, says a, he's a, he says a lot of funny stuff and very honest. So I can definitely give you uh, recommend everyone that but let's get for let's get focused to inter in these international break world cup times uh, before the break we uh, played uh, against torino at the san siro in front of 71,000 uh, more than 71,000 people uh, a game where inter 
where Mauro Icardi basically missed more chances in the first 45 minutes than he's done in his entire career at Inter. Uh, we, we, we lost, we, we, we conceded uh, to, uh, to uh, the first goal and then we scored the equalizer, but were unable to, to, um, uh, to win. Uh, now it's been a little while, so before after that game, but try to remember and try to focus uh, focus on what we can talk about here. Um, Eduardo, what are you? What is your strongest recollection of that game? Uh, a little bit of sense of frustration, really, considering that I think ultimately Inter Milan, Inter played really well. <laughs> I thought, I thought, I thought they, they played very well in in patches. Um, they were the. Torino's goal was frustrating because it's the kind of stuff we've seen before. Um, but the reaction was good, and had it not been for the bar, Inter, Milan, Inter would have come away with a win in Milan, and we'd have been really happy. And it, I'm particularly irritated because Torino haven't really had much of a season. Suddenly they come and play against us, and they're really good. And you know, even Belotti wasn't having a particularly good day, and they still managed to score. Uh, Jaic didn't have a bad game. All that kind of stuff really irritates me because I kind of like Mihailovic, but I don't think he's been doing a good job at Torino. And I think he's been doing an awful job at, at yeah. Torino. I think their defence is absolutely horrendous, and I think they've got good players. And I, in my opinion, I would like to see Giampaolo take over that team and yeah. uh, play, to see what he can do with Torino because I, I absolutely love that squad. I think they've got a really interesting squad. It's a really good squad. Petraki is uh, the real genius there. Petraki is discovered recently. Yeah, Petraki is a fantastic direttore sportivo. He he's really is. This is, this is Petraki who systematically built this team and it's really, he's, he's one of the great ones with Corvino and obviously our very own Sabatini. Uh, and you Mar- love Marino as well, don't you? Yes, I do. I, I love Marino. Uh, I love Marino. Um, he was good, man. He was good. Right. Uh, Mo, what, did you, uh, what do you make of it? Like, what, what, if we talk about Torino's first goal, um, in the episode that we wanted to record but Skype didn't allow us, <laughs> we discussed, <laughs> we, we discussed um, in great length the fact that there seems to be a problem, or I did, that there seems to be a problem with the fact that when, when attackers, attacking teams, cut in from Inter's left-hand side, they seem to score there, and there, there seems to be some sort of glitch there. Um, who, you know, we, is it Mirab? Was it Mirab? Yeah, well, I, I think we, yeah, we went back and forth on this. And, uh, so in that particular instant, like I, I, so there were three, three people, I think, that we, we, at the end of the day we, we said were culpable, like in that little micro-event. First off, it was... Miranda, he should have uh, closed down. I can't remember who early. Like he, he he let the ball bounce a couple of times. He didn't engage quickly. That was the problem. Now, did he do that because he's been having a couple of bad games anyway and he's not been in top form, or did, did he do that because he's not getting the proper cover from Nagatomo, and so he always feels that he needs to st- he needs to fall back because Nagatomo is gonna is not going to cover him, or maybe. Uh, Vecino or Gagliardini weren't there to cover him as well, for dropping in from midfield. So we don't know, but Nagatomo, Miranda, for sure, were culpable there. And then, of course, you know, Handanovic. I thought this this was a a very very save, very stoppable shot, and it was typical of Handanovic getting flat-footed and, and just watching the ball go in. Now, these these were my three like the three. Uh, people responsible for, for, for that particular goal. But all in all, I think it was like like Eduardo said, we played quite well, we played well in patches, and we were very, very unlucky not to come out with all three points because Torino definitely did not do enough 
to get a point, and we did enough. It was just we now we know it was because of Icardi's injury and and just shit luck. But you know, speaking of luck, um, I mean. Uh, there's been a lot of, you know, some so-called t- pundits have been criticizing Inter, saying they're lucky, Inter have been lucky, Inter are lucky. But Inter have hit the woodwork nine times in 12 games this season. I don't know how much luck that is. And Vecino's shot in the second half was so beautiful, it reminded me of Stankovic. And he kind of does remind me of Stankovic as a whole. Yes! Uh, but, in the, but the difference being that he's much more faster. Stankovic had a better shot, had a much better technique in shooting than he did. Whilst, the, whilst Vecino is, is faster and, has a, and his stamina is, is much more than Stankovic was. But he does remind me of that, of that kind of player. Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to pick. Uh, we're going to get into it soon. But I mean, I really don't know out of the three of them, uh, out of uh, Skriniar, uh, Vecino and Borja Valera, who I like the most. Because I think they're fantastic. As Paletti said it himself in the press conference before the game, that Vecino can do everything. And I think against Torino, he really did do everything. I think he played in every single midfield position. He was, a, he was brilliant in winning the ball back. His shooting is great. He, he's, he's, he's learning to finish. Uh, he's learning to become better at, at finishing. He had a fantastic shot on the bar. I mean, we finally seems like we've bought a player who seems to be able to, to, to grow with us. Like, he's already good, but he's getting close to that world-class level. Do you guys agree with that, Eduardo? I very much agree with that. I wrote a shameless plug, but I wrote an article about that before the Torino games. It was saying, this is a man who is up and coming. And I think people were right to have some doubts about how much was being spent on him. But I, I don't know. It was more sort of, I guess it was more quibbling at the price. Because in itself, I mean, we basically, Inter basically went out and bought Fiorentina's midfield, their passing midfield, and suddenly you have a team that's far more technical, far more talented, just passes the ball in ways that are sometimes subtle, but are just vastly superior. Vecino is a part of that, and he brings dynamism, he brings energy, he's improved offensively. Um, He still needs to basically be a little bit more involved sometimes. Uh, He can sort of maybe have a half where he doesn't really do a heck of a lot. But I think we've made enormous progress here. I mean, I think compared to having Kondogbio in the middle, uh, this, is, this is absolutely nothing like it. This is absolutely not. It's a completely different ballpark, a completely different way of understanding the game, of passing the ball around. Inter, Inter can just do so many more things. Uh, you've seen it. You see moments of it against Benevento. You see moments of it against Milan, where the transitions are smart, are fast, they're smooth. With someone like Kondogbio, this was not possible. I don't know if Valencia found a sort of more uh, limited role for him where he just kicks people and gets the ball back, and that's fine for him. But having someone like Vecino is far more complete. Yeah, I don't see... I'm very, very happy. And yes, he is, at age 26, a potential cornerstone of a future Inter. Yeah. Um, I agree. Uh, What about you, Mo? What are your thoughts on that? No, I, I agree. Uh, I agree with uh, almost everything that uh, Eduardo uh, said, I, I, especially with regards to you know, like you and I were Condogbia fanboys, or were Condogbia yep. fanboys. Yeah, yeah, we were. But but uh, but, uh, but for sure, the level of like intellect and and you know, like mixing stuff up. Condogbia had, like you said, Eduardo. Condogbia had one thing that he did, and he did well. You know. But uh, Vecino is much more of a thinking uh, thinking man's footballer in the, in the midfield, so uh, I definitely appreciate that about him, and 
the diversity that he brings to the to the midfield. Very impressive. Mm, right. Okay. Um, uh, before we move on, because I don't want to dwell too much on this uh, on this game, um, I wanted to uh, basically say uh, the uh, inter, the Sempre Inter readers uh, voted Milan Skriniar uh, as the best player uh, of the match against. Uh, Torino, uh, very it was very tight. He got 29.7%. In second place was the goal scorer on 23.9%. Eder, and third was our very own Matthias Vecino that we've been discussing. Uh, right, uh, next uh, Sunday on Sunday at 8:45 CET uh, at the San Siro, we're going to play the team that we absolutely the greatest performance that we saw under Stefano Pioli was against Atalanta, and those and that's the team we're facing on Sunday night. Uh, I don't think we're going to beat them 7-1, but I definitely expect three points, especially after the draw against Torino. Um, what kind of a game are you expecting, uh, Mo? What kind, like tactically speaking, do you are you expecting to see an, an, an Atalanta that will park the bus, or you, given what happened last season, or or do you, do you expect them to go out attacking again? It's all it's always uh, very tricky to try and guess stuff after an international break. I, I don't think like, uh, especially since Atalanta has, you know, has, you know, Papu Gomez played that friendly and, you know, they, they have some players on international duty. We have a lot of players on international duty. They, they all come back. Conditions have to be assessed. So honestly, I, I really don't know. I have no idea how they're going to line up. I think that, uh, the, the, I, I don't think that the game from last year is going to feature too highly in their, uh, in their psyche. I think uh, their poor, or not, let's not say poor, but their underwhelming form this season is definitely more of a factor for them to, to, to think about. But then again, they've been phenomenal in the Europa League. So I, I, I honestly don't know how they're, how they're going to line up, but I'm pretty sure that we're going to line up the same way we have done in the last bunch of games. And uh, it'll be the same direct attacking football. Honestly, simply because that there's no reason, no need to change from from, from Spalletti's perspective. It's even in a game uh, like Torino, where we didn't get the result that we wanted, the guys did everything that they could to get the three points, and there's really no need to change. So that's that's what I can say about the game now, at least. Yeah, I understand what you mean. Uh, I personally feel that this is a game that's very tricky. Uh, regardless of how they uh, line up, they they were humiliated by Inter. Uh, um, they they were humiliated by Inter last time, and I think they, the fact that they uh, they want to sh- they want to make amends. So they're, so they're going to come very organized. They're going to be very um, they're going to be very filled with revenge because what happened last time. And I think they're going to be very disciplined, and this is going to hurt Inter. Uh, they're going to close Inter down. Uh, and uh, I, I, I think it's going to be very narrow and tight, uh, so I don't expect a blowout. But I do expect a very defensive and very organized Gasperi. Similarly, if you guys remember uh, the 2008-2009 season when Inter played Genoa, they played uh, they, at Way, I think it was a nil-nil draw. Uh, Mourinho was completely tactically met, matched by Gasperini, and he said so after the game that he, this was the hardest coach and best coach he'd, he'd met. Uh, when he was uh, Gasperini, Gasperini, that is. And uh, I think that's the kind of game we're going to see. Um, a very tight Atalanta. Um, but given that, I think Inter, these are point. These are, you know, I'm really keen to see Bastoni uh, that Inter own. Uh, I'm keen to see what Gagliardini can do against his former side. Obviously, he scored against them at home last season. Uh, I'm really keen to see how bad Ifikadi's recovered from his injury. Um, I'm also very, very keen to see 
uh, how if Dalbert, who's been training with the squad, gets a shot. Um, but having said that, I think there's no doubt that three points is what we have to go for here uh, if Inter are to be in this. This is, this is a home game, and we have to win this, and we need to get back to winning ways. Um, Edo, what, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, I very much agree with what you guys say, and there's something else about Atalanta, is that if we can't beat Torino, who have maybe similar-level squad, but more questionable coaching, if we couldn't beat Torino, how on earth are we going to beat Atalanta? So, you know, we should definitely have to worry about this game. It's a game we have to win, but it's a game we have to worry about. And the thing is, there are sort of still positives, though, because Papu Gomez, for example, has been either injured or just not really playing to his level. Bidania can't score, which now that I've said that, he's obviously going to go and score. Incidentally, Max isn't here, so I've taken Max's role today of uh, Gufatore, Gufatorimus Maximus. By the way, happy anniversary, buddy. Um, I don't know. There are sort of big defects with this Atalanta side. Mazzello is a crook and someone who loses his marker quite often. So I would expect us to win. I would expect us to do well. Uh, Gasparini also has the whole thing of how Inter, Inter just rejected him after, what was it, six games? So as you said, Nima, they'll have extra reason to want to play well. They'll have extra reason to try and hurt us. And Gasparini has never wasted an opportunity to try and say something bad about Inter. He has reason to do so so it's very personal and even if I don't agree with the narrative people in Serie A acting as if this Torino draw is you know a weakness in Inter exposed and Atalanta may try and play on that which would be very irritating but I don't know you saw them last year go and press the crap out of Napoli and then beat them on their own soil so they gave Roma a good game without having that many chances but they gave Juve a game yeah, I would definitely not underestimate them, despite their, you know, losing all sorts of players in midfield. So if we were to kind of make a prediction here, uh, what do you say, Edo? Who's going to score? And I think we'd win 2-1. I'd probably see Perisic and Kandreva finally scoring. Uh, but yeah, Inter's defence is problematic because they keep conceding now. Started out as the best defence in the league, only two goals. That's since gone up. And I believe it's three straight games that... They concede, if not four, uh, that's pretty alarming to me. Uh, there are sort of these pretty glaring mistakes being made as well. So I would definitely be concerned about the defensive aspect anyway, the defensive side. Mm, that's interesting. So uh, what about you, Mo? Yeah, I, I agree. If uh, Nagatomo starts, then it's definitely not a clean sheet. Um, also depends uh, on the, the condition that... Uh, Miranda comes back from international duty, blah, blah, blah. So I reckon it's, uh, it's probably, uh, like I just said, probably a 2-1. Cool. I think it's going to be 2-0. I think Icardi is going to score both goals, and we're holding it. We're going to get a clean sheet. Ooh! I think so. I think we're going to win, and we need to win. Right. Um, now I wanted to discuss, I wanted us to all name... Um, uh, one uh, top and one flop uh, of the season so far, uh, Inter, of course, starting with the negative parts with uh, the flop of the season uh, for you so far. Uh, Edo, who do you think has been... Fl- uh, what, what about Inter has been the flop so far of this season? Ooh. Oh, that, that, I, I've really pondered this one and it's been so difficult. Uh, <laughs> don't do this to me. 
Um, I would probably say Gabigol for not actually playing regularly on loan at Benfica because I struggle to find reasons to at least complain about the starting eleven, any of the starting eleven, even Miranda, who's not played at his levels. I still think he's been pretty good. He's had he was showing signs of recovery before not taking out Iago Falke against Torino. He was showing some signs of getting that you know expertise back. Nagatomo and D'Ambrosio have been better than I expected. In Nagatomo's case, we'll all agree, a lot better. Um, the midfielders, I'm a big fan of. You would probably say, out of all of the starters, maybe Gagliardini or Miranda have disappointed the most. But even Ada, Ada is now basically the super sub. So I can't really... I mean, yeah, maybe, considering how much one has spent on him, you'd say probably Ada, but otherwise I'd, I'd really have to point the finger at Gabigol. Or maybe Brozovic, because Brozovic you know, started on the first uh, day of the season, has since lost that, and I'm really happy he has. But uh, he's maybe been the guy who was... It, it's quite tough, because I think everyone's done really well. That's, that's yeah. what I would say, anyway. Um, well, yeah, that's, that's fair enough. Uh, what about you, Mo? I think the flop is not a particular player. I think it's the fact that uh, no uh, defensive cover was signed at, uh, in the last week of transfer uh, of the summer transfer. Oh, window. that's a good one. Yeah, I, I think I think like like no, but it's like just like you said, it's very very little to complain about in terms of squad and performance of players, etc. Uh, you can gripe, you know, maybe uh, Dalbert might be a flop, but we don't know. There's still a full half season or two thirds of a season left. But like, what's what, what is a clear problem right now that we're suffering is the fact that there's there's no no defensive cover. So I think that's the biggest flop in the current Inter at the moment. Hmm. Uh, for me, the biggest flop has to be the fact that Nagatomo is still our starting left back, and the fact that we spent twenty yeah. million on a player is, is is and that is sitting on the bench. Uh, it doesn't mean he's going to be a flop, but for me, it is a flop that it's it's uh, it's uh, that, that that we we've spent twenty million euros and that we still haven't got a better substitute than Nagatomo or or a better starting player than Nagatomo, uh, and I think. I think that's enough to leave it at that. Um, right, when it comes to the flop, um, sorry, when it comes to the top of the season so far, Mo, you want to go first? Can there be anyone but <laughs> Il Muro in the, <laughs> the near in the new wall? Mm. He's uh, he's been an absolute uh, absolute beast, surprise signing of the season. Like I mean, all the like Cavallero and, and Vecino, Icardi, of course, everyone's been fantastic, but like. Skriniar, he's been amazing. He's been amazing. And like we do every, every week, like every week he's in the top three, Semper uh, Inter's top three rated players for every game. He's, he's phenomenal and just out of nowhere, you know. So uh, he's, he's my personal top this season, even though I'm always gaga for Icardi, but it's, uh, it's Skriniar for me. What about you? Uh, um, it's hard to disagree with that. Skriniar has been fantastic. He's been one of the best players in Europe right now. Um, what about? It has to be I him. Mean, yeah, I mean, but I mean, if you are you going to go with him as well? I would say either him or Ricardi. Had this been a month ago, I'd have said Ricardi. Um, Handanovic is actually worth a shout in there as well, just because he's been. <laughs> Just, I know, I know, I know that I know that most skin is literally like crawling right now, <laughs> the, the crawling thesaurus. But no, it's true, man. Like it, he has made the, the thing is, it, it's always. I think the criticism. So I think I was a bit too harsh on criticism of Icardi and Handanovic of late because I think there are weaknesses people can see. So 
It's maybe what's stopping them from being truly great players. But at the other end, I once read an Italian guy who I really respect, but talk about how, in his opinion, Icardi was basically Julio Ricardo Cruz, but in another era. And I was like, no, 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 put down the bottle. But beyond that, this season, yeah, so far, Skriniar, it has to be. It absolutely has to be. And if it isn't him, Vecino, in my opinion. Uh, Perisic, had he kept that up, would have been a very strong candidate. But Vecino has been good in almost every game. Dynamic, fast. He's absolutely everywhere. Um, I think that man absolutely deserves it. And if not really, the, the, the true star is probably Spalletti, actually. If I really... Push comes uh, to here, here. Spalletti, probably. I was, here, here. I, I'm glad you mentioned that, because that is my top of the season. It's Damn it, did I Spalletti. steal your thunder? Oh, yeah, no, no, you didn't. You did, we actually, was a great segue right into that. No, honest to God, Luciano Spalletti, for everything he has done. I mean, he has come in to this club where it was this you know a very shaky situation together with Sabatini and he hasn't he's he's not made a single mistake everything he has done the whole situation with Condogbia last summer when there was problems what did he do instead of scolding him and creating you know being a hard ass he's not you know he he he's very diplomatic he knew that you know he he sorted him out he was nice to him he trained extra with him because he understood him this bought him respect within the locker room um you know the way he's handled Icardi. Icardi says that he cre- that Spalletti has created a hunger in him that he's never felt before. The way he handles the media, the way he defends Inter with a big club mentality, the way he's instilled a big club winning mentality, the way he sorted out that defense, the way he sorted out the way they play attack, the way he's incorporated these new players, Borja Valero, Matias Vecino, and Skriniar, and they've all hit the ground running. The way he the way he talks in press conferences. I, I mean, he has just been an, it's been an instant success. He's been absolutely fantastic at everything he's done. And it's hard to, um, it's hard to say anything there, you know? It, you can't say anything against him. He hasn't made a single mistake. Uh, every, you know, I think Walter Zenga said that Inter's best signing of the, sea, of the year in a, or best signing for a long time was Luciano Spalletti. It's hard to disagree with that. He's been absolutely fantastic. He's raised the level of the club and brought everyone together in a way that we haven't really seen since Mourinho. And it's, you know, the, the comparisons with Mourinho, although they're very appealing to make, uh, I, I think there's a huge difference in how they play football and how they approach things. Spalletti is much more, um, Mourinho was much more like a, like a hedgehog. It was, you know, it was basically curl up in a ball and everyone in the world's against you. While Spalletti is much more philosophical in his approach and, Above all, we've discussed it on this show before, he seems to have this amazing ability to connect with young players in a way that I don't think Mourinho has. He gets nope. them to, they, they understand him in a way that, that, they don't with, that they don't with Mourinho, unfortunately. I love Mourinho, don't get me wrong. But Spalletti understands this next generation and he gets them to work for him and they get, gets them to bleed for the cause in a way that the others, that, that Mourinho just hasn't been able to do. And that's, that's really... That's that's impressive, um, and 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 the way he's taken this club by the scruff of the neck and got them got them to raise their mentality, you know the fact that in, that, that towards the end of the games is what we call Inter time now because Inter score most of the goals towards the end of the game, that's 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 the sign of a big team. I mean Fergie time, remember that with Man United that you can Look, never Fergie time. <laughs> Yeah, no, but like that's the sign of a big club that when 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 towards the end of games when you're getting tired, that's when that's when the difference in quality and class shows. And you need a coach 
to instill that. And, and Spalletti's done that. So I am, I, you know, I'm the first one to admit I was not over the moon when he came. I thought he was, I've always thought he's a good coach. He's a decent coach. But I've never thought that he was a world-class coach. But to see what he's done he, with, the, with the players he has had at his disposal, everyone has raised themselves one level from what they were before. D'Ambrosio and Nagatomo have, gotten, have raised themselves from one level. Borja Valero, Matias Vecino have raised. Everyone has raised themselves one level. And it is incredibly impressive to see. Uh, so I'm, for me, Spalletti is without a shadow of a doubt the top of the season. Right, uh, let's move on to the part of the show where we pay tribute, rip the piss out of, as well as criticize something or someone in the world of football, starting with the uh, Frog of the Week that will be presented by Mr. Eduardo Dalmonte. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, our, our Frog of the Week, of course, is our frog himself. Sometimes you've got to go back to the source, go back to the roots of this. And in this situation, it's the kind of incident where you're not really sure whether this was done on purpose, out of malice, or whether it was done out of sheer incompetence, which in many ways sums up Andrea Ranocchia's contributions as inter-defender <laughs> after the first six months he was at the club. Because really, ladies and gentlemen, when someone writes to you on Instagram... In Italian, I'm going to basically translate it. Oh, dude, can't wait for you to get back in the game, man. Can't wait for you to be a starter again because watching Miranda basically scares me, you know, in a sort of negative. Like watching Nagatomo scares me, you know, that kind of thing. And he basically likes the comment. I believe the like has since been taken down. And that's the thing. If it was someone else, you'd go, oh, you know, what a douche. But with Ranocchia, you just don't know. With the Frogmaster, you just do not know if actually what he did was press like because he didn't read the full thing. And when he did read the full thing, he went, oh, my God, what have I done? And just deleted it because I don't think he is a douchebag. There's many That's, things you can yeah, say about it. You can totally see that happening. Huh? <laughs> you can totally exactly see that it. happening. Because he's Him. not a douchebag. He's such a nice guy, but he's just so dumb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's, you know, Forrest he's Gump, but just he's not that talented. He's the frog. Someone he's the likes frog. me and wants me to play. Like, <laughs> like, like, like. Didn't read the rest exactly. of the, the rest of the sentence. Oh, oh dear lord. Yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. You know, the real guilty party here is the guy who wrote that originally. Put down the crack pipe. <laughs> who, who says that? Who's like, yes, because I would rather have. I mean, you are either a saboteur. You're either being paid by <laughs> Russia to crack. do that because somehow I <laughs> don't like Inter. I don't know why they wouldn't. But yeah, so probably our frog they, of the prob- week is the man. Probably because yeah, oh, that was brilliant. That was absolutely brilliant. Probably like if, if, to make if we're, we're going to go full on uh, conspiracy theory tinfoil hat mode, if it was a Russian, yes. it's, pro- it's probably because Donald Trump wants to buy Inter and get the Chinese out of Inter or something. Yeah, I don't know. Oh my God. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> China. And then, have you noticed? Have you guys noticed how he says China instead of China? Sorry, <laughs> just, I just got to say that. I just said. Uh, oh uh, never my. Mind. Jaina, Jaina. Yeah, never mind. Let's let's oh leave. Uh, let's he must leave have. The... He must have. He must have absolutely cried when Hugh Hefner died. In <laughs> private, he must have just been like, "Oh no, I," you know. Oh God, that was a that was a brilliant frog because the way you described it is honestly how I think it went down. Because Andrea Ronocchia is not a bad guy. He's actually really, really liked. He's a really nice, he's a very symp- sympathetic guy. Like, he's a really yeah. nice guy. So I can honest to God see it happening the way you put it down. That's a brilliant, brilliant frog. 
Right, uh, let's move on to something a little bit more positive. This week's uh, Murati, which will be presented by Mr. Mohamed Nasser. Oh my God, he is beautiful! He is beautiful, yeah! So uh, I got uh, two little Muratis here, uh, an interrelated one and a personal one from... Uh, from uh, here, from everyone at uh, Studio Inter, uh, the Marathi is uh, Max Luca and his wife celebrating the 10th anniversary. Yes, Aguri. Yeah, Aguri right. yeah, from all um, of us guys. Aguri. And also, I wanna I wanna thank Mrs. Deluca for borrowing Max out to us every now and again. <laughs> they're really busy and they've got some. They got like two. I don't know. They got lots. They got kids. They got work. They got so much. So thank you so much. Uh, for for lending out your husband to talk yeah. shit with us every week. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's uh, personal, uh, like uh, from all of us here, and uh, more important one, maybe we'd argue the second one is the fact that uh, Marito's knee injury a was the reason why he played so poorly against Torino because we were all pretty you know flabbergasted at his performance that day. But but B, because it turns out it's just a minor thing and he should be back for the Atalanta game. If not, then straight after. So uh, so uh, double double Marathi there. Nice one. Nice one. Nice one. Yeah, uh, Mauro Icardi's injury. I mean, the fact that they created a controversy around that. I, I just want to talk a little bit about that because that's the most ridiculous oh thing. Oh, my Did you God. guys read that, that they created? That they were talking about that he was faking it. And uh, in Argentina, and the, 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 I think it was Argentinian media that kept spreading these rumors that, our, that Icardi was faking being injury, being injured, and because he didn't want to go because there were problems with him and Messi, which prompted Lionel Messi to go out and actually say on the record that he has never ever blocked Mauro Icardi from being called to the national squad, that it's all absolute lies, and he doesn't decide who plays, neither in Barcelona nor Argentina, and that he was really tired of uh, these rumors being spread, which I can understand. They don't exactly make him look like the Mr. Congeniality. Let's be honest. It's, 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 no. It's, it, make him, it makes him sound like a douchebag. Uh, so, and, and he seems to be a very quiet guy. Which he kind of is. <clears throat> yeah, but that's a, di- <laughs> that's a different story. I'm, I'm, with the, I'm with the Church of Maradona as well. Uh, right, uh, but, uh, but aside from that, then uh, Sampaoli, the national team captain, had to go out and uh, talk, um, uh, what do you say? Yeah, the, the national team captain had to go out in a press conference and confirm that he had been called by Mauro Icardi and that Icardi had told him that he was injured and that he, he, Inter, he was asked by Inter, uh, uh, Inter asked if it's okay to keep him there since he was already injured and he said that it was okay for the national team that he, stays, that he misses these games because he was injured. Uh, and that, and then I think the best quote is when Sampaoli says, "I think it's unfair that some that everyone isn't given that everyone isn't treated the same way," and that's exactly mm. it. There seems to be this kind of notion because they treat they use one set of benchmarks to judge everyone else, and then they do they do a completely different set of uh, values to judge Mauro Icardi. Like I don't understand this 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 obsession. They have with this with 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 attacking this guy, like okay, look, it's the, the wonder the, story. Yeah, but it's ridiculous. She divorced her husband and married Icardi. They have children. Yeah. Get over it. I completely it. agree. This is ridiculous. It's, it's, I, the I, problem I, with this is that I think that Maxi Lopez was a lot more popular. Obviously, he's older, 
So he knows all of these guys. I think he knows the coaches. The coaches know him. Icardi's been in Italy and Spain for a long, long time. I think at least Maxi Lopez was around the entourage of a national side. Like, I think he gets on with those guys a whole lot. Well, I, like, I read this somewhere, like, that that's actually behind it. Because it was really annoying when... So one of, one of Sampali's predecessors came out and said, oh, but Icardi's basically going to get... Like, let the pitch do the talking and not what happens in his private life. And I was literally just like, are you joking? Like, are you absolutely... I think it's just an Argentinian thing at this stage. Because even in Italy, people don't talk about Icardi that much. Except no, for... No, they really don't. Yeah. They really don't. They really To be honest really with don't. you, this is, this is good for us. Because, again, if, if he gets to skip those trips, I don't... I mean, I'm really sorry for him. But it's a George Weah-level sort of international travesty. Like, why is this guy not at a World Cup? But... Hey, we ain't we we're not missing out from it. We're not losing out. But you see, I think he he really wants to. He loves his country and he wants to he represent does. his country. And I think this this is so unfair. I think this is to me this is this is this is these are medieval values. You they are. stole his like caveman. You stole my wife. Ugh. What are you what are you talking about? They had they were married. They divorced. They got together. Get over it. Like what are you? T- and also, Ikadi's raising his kids. Like, the, he, I mean, he's being a father to them as well. Like, yeah. what's the problem? I don't know. I, I think this is disgusting. And, and the fact that they, they, they like, they, cre- they create these, they invent these stories. They invent these scandals around him that are just ridiculous. Because uh, the guy is very, he's, he's, he's a family guy. He doesn't seem to, he's never, again, he's never out. He's always working. He's the captain of Inter. He takes it very seriously. I, I don't understand this, this, this hatred of him. I, 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 ju- I just don't understand it. I really don't. Yeah. It's, I mean, uh, he hasn't done anything criminal or anything illegal or anything even, in my opinion, I don't even think he's done anything morally, um, morally wrong, to be honest with you. Because... The way it's been reported, I've, I've read into it, and it wasn't the way it's been reported that he stole her. First of all, she's older than him, and she has her own will. If she didn't want to be with him, she wouldn't have been with him. Exactly. And so it's hey, not like bravo. Hey, exactly. So first of all, I think Wanda is a is an in, you know is, is a human being with her own. Uh, no, she Nima, can't... she's a top model. She don't know any better. All she wants <laughs> is money. She gives it away for free. No. <laughs> Seriously, what are these like Victorian values? Like, what do you? I mean, stop it. And and obviously, there's some. It's something wrong between Wanda and 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 Maxi Lopez because they they're apparently in legal ties to. They they got a legal problem with each other because she put out his phone number on Instagram and his private email as well. So there's, there's obviously some bad blood between them. That's fine. And if you want, but you know, Ikadi's done nothing wrong here. He's, 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 he's a father of children, you know, he's a family man, like, leave the guy alone. And stop, or at least, if you don't like him for that, stop inventing things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, it's just ridiculous. So for me, that's just, just I, I'm sick and tired of that. Right. I agree with that. Uh, I that, was laughing earlier when she published his number online. I, I laughed more of a sort of pettiness of it because whatever's happening, it's really not the right it's thing really to do. Petty. It's not fair. It's it's pretty stupid. It's a pretty bad thing to do. But I mean, I don't know. Compared to the phone calls that Maxi made to her after they split up, which I'm, I cannot believe were not more public or more of a scandal about it. He was basically threatening to lay down beats on her. Yeah, I know it was horrible. Yeah, they, was the way hor- they their divorce is messy and disgusting, and that's between them. But I yeah. don't like the fact that the media creates 
fabricates and creates, or not just the media, just generally people create and fabricate and spread rumors about this guy. He's 24 years old and he's done nothing wrong here. Honest to God, I don't think he's done anything wrong. I mean, everyone right. is praising young people getting married. Young people yeah. with values. This guy was 22 when he got married. And he's got two children. He takes care of them. And he's, it's all... all three? All three. It, three of yeah. hers, two of his, right? Yeah, five. It's five kids. Yeah. So, Where's I don't Maxie? Know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Where's Maxi? doesn't seem like he's too involved with his kids. I mean, if we're going to be all Victorian... Sorry. Yeah, if we're, <laughs> we're going to be all Victorian about it, you know... I don't know. I just I just think it's disgusting, and the fact that they create these rumors about him is is just out of. It's just I just think it's ridiculous that even the, the captain of the national team, the 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 manager of the national team, have to go out and say that stop treating him like shit because he's done nothing wrong. Is in my opinion, it's disgusting, and that's not even the moji of the week, uh, which I'll be presenting now. right the moji of the week for me after Italy lost against uh, Sweden last week or uh, on Friday night this tidal wave of xenophobic bullshit that I've been reading and seeing in Italian and English from so-called people who support Italy about how uh, it's the foreigners fault that Italian football is bad it's the foreigners fault that Italian that the Italian national team is is not doing well that's bullshit and utter lies the Itali- the reason the reason why the Italian national team lost to Sweden on Friday and maybe going up tonight has got to do with the an Italian manager who had no business getting that job in the first place and he was appointed by an Italian FA so if we're going to stop this blame Johnny Foreigner nonsense, okay, the quality, if you look at the squad that Antonio Conte had two and a half years ago, or one and a half years ago, and look at the starting lineup in the quarterfinal against Germany, and you compare it to the one that uh, Ventura is now, you will see that this team is arguably better. The problem is to do with a manager and a coach who has been completely unable to give this team an identity for almost 18 months. Again, you know, only a bad... What's, this, what's that English saying about only a bad carpenter blames his tools? You know, yeah, bad workman blames his tools. Bad yeah. workman blames his tools. Yeah, bad workman blames his tools. And that's exactly what this is. The issue that Italian football has is these old men, these old uh, people, these old... People, these old men who have been sitting there in their jobs consolidating power for four decades, like Tavecchio, with with stupid comments like Opti Poba and how you know we, you know that's that not was the so problem. laughable. What is he still doing in a job after that? That's the thing. The problem is that there are young. There are so many young people who are modern and want to modernize Italian football and Italian society as a whole, but they're not given the space because of these old people who are all with with all the power who just want to keep it to themselves and not let any fresh ideas, fresh uh, uh, fresh philosophies, anything. They're against anything that's new because that means giving up power. And that is what's holding Italian football back. Look at the stadium situation in Italy. Is that oh, the my foreigner? God. Is, is that the foreigner's fault? No, it's not. Yes. It's, I, mean, I mean, look, look at the... 
I mean, look, look, look at the fact that Italian football has stagnated. Is that because of foreign players? Because of uh, uh, players like uh, Jorginho playing for the national team? Or uh, Eder? Or Thiago Motta? No, that has got nothing to do with that. There are structural problems. And if you want any more evidence of it, look at what Germany did. And above all, read Das Reboot by Raphael Honigstein about what Germany did after getting knocked out uh, in early in the tournament and how they, how they completely... Re they, they had a discussion and then they decided to go in a more inclusive way about basically redefining what it means to be German and the new Germany bring, because they have a lot of uh, Germans with ethnic uh, with different ethnic backgrounds and they decided to incorporate these players and together with the German history create something new has it gone well for Germany? Well, they are. Look at their under 21, under 20, under 19, under 23s. Look at their national team. German football is has never been better than it is right now because they have chosen to go down the inclusive nationalist route instead of the let's build walls uh, route. And German football is much, much more better for it. There are so many, so much German talent out there competing under the German national flag than we've ever seen before. So please, all you let's build a wall people, kindly go fuck yourselves. Very, no, no I say roughly <laughs> with a potato, with a big fucking potato. I'm sorry, I'm, I don't know if uh, Mo is still here. Uh, <laughs> but, um, no, I am. I am, I am. Ramped over. Right. No, but seriously, I am sick and tired of this bullshit. It's blame Johnny Foreigner for everything. I read a brilliant article by a, by a Swedish journalist today about how... Uh, how uh, Italian bureaucracy is preventing uh, young players from even getting, Balo, for like Balotelli, for example, to become Italian nationals uh, until they're 18, so that they can represent the national squad. Now, that that's this is this is the problems Italian football has. But Very much Germany, so. Look at France. Look at Swedish football since Slatan Ibrahimovic came in and. Swedish football, since Lasan Ibrahimovic came in and kicked open the door, and, the, and they started incorporating, an, again, an inclusive nationalism, taking your history and making, taking the new influences and creating something new, Sweden's under-21 team won the European Championships a couple of years ago. That's never happened in Sweden. That was the first title a Swedish team has taken since 1948 in London when they won the Olympics. Okay, that, you know, this, you know, when, when you, when you have an inclusive mind, it's good for, it's good for everyone, but it's, and I don't understand this mentality. This is no, I completely agree. It's just, it just bores the crap out of me. Sorry, Mo, you were saying. <laughs> no, 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 I wasn't saying anything. No, I was letting you get oh. your rant on, man. So, <laughs> right. Uh, let's not, let's not end on a negative note. So, no, it's, uh, <laughs> Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to rant, but it's just I'm just so sick and tired of it, 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 it's just it's just annoying to listen to stupid bullshit in the age of Trump and all that bull, you know nonsense. No, right. I completely agree. I absolutely completely agree. Right. So with that, I'd like to thank you, Mo, even though you've been quiet for the last twenty minutes. It feels like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's all right. It's all good. Thanks, guys, for having me. Always a pleasure. I'm just uh, yeah. You're just what? <laughs> All peace and love. It's all, all peace, peace and love. love. Exactly, exactly. Peace and love. Uh, and I'd also like to thank uh, Mr. Eduardo Del Monte. Uh, yeah, cash rules everything around me, etc. Et <laughs> <laughs> and, 
Uh, my name is Nimatale Ruzzari. Until next week, sempre e solo. Forza Inter. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh.